This week on the Argos Fancast, we'll find out what we did on the bye week. We're going to take your questions. We're going to talk some Argos football against the Edmonton Eskimos with Andrew Hoskins of the Eskimo Empire podcast. And deja vu on the trade front. It's the Argos Fancast. I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at All Kinds of Clay. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast. And anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast, just search Argos Fancast, specifically Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And joining me, as always, from ArgoFans.com, it is Will Gertler. Hi, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at, at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And joining us. From the double blue order, it is Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Side, and Protector of the Realm. We gotta get you getting with like a proper English accent to say that now. <laughs> that'll be the I'll, next. Uh, I'll, th- I'll work be on the next that. Thing. I'll work on that. I've just... gone metal. I've gone medieval times. All right, next I gotta go English accent. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, you can find you can find the Double Blue Order. You can find my group on Facebook at facebook.com slash double blue order, on Twitter at double blue order, on Instagram at the double blue order, and you can find me personally on Twitter at DougB519. Alright, now um a few things happen in the bye week. Um uh, I think we're gonna probably get to the first one um that has a lot of us scratching our heads saying again Sean Lemon was traded to the BC Lions again this time for a uh, defensive tackle Devon Coleman former all-star who's having his own troubles out there in BC and a eighth round draft pick in 2020 so that should cover the conditional pick that uh, we gave away in the Zach Caleros trade. Um, Surprised or not surprised, guys? I'm not surprised. Sadly, no. Considering, you know, how they've used him this year, it's, it's really not surprising. I think the biggest surprise to me is that we're sending him back to BC. I think it's a bit of an indictment on Jim Pop again. How many of his free agent signings are no longer with the team? It's at least three or four. Yeah, we've got, well, uh, Lemon. Well, well hang uh, on. Before we continue, it's kind of difficult to judge it when he signed like 50, ba- 50 bazillion running backs. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, you know, eventually you knew one or two of those guys had to uh, had to go. Um, yeah. And, you know, when you when you looked at the, you know, we talked about it earlier with the the Terrell Sutton release, you know, he just seemed like you got a fresher, younger, cheaper version of him, although, you know, may not have the experience. But, you know, eventually one you couldn't keep every single one of those running backs. You really couldn't. Oh, no, not even close, not even remotely. Um, You know, and. I think what the Argos really need to do now is kind of remove Lemon from all of their advertisements, considering he's 
I'm actually looking at their website right now with uh, a Made in Toronto ad on there with uh, Sean Lemon right front and center. Don't. And and I think there's a Doug in the background. <laughs> I know uh, there's an Adam in the background too. And a yeah, hat. well, and a hat, yes, and a hat. Um, not an Argos hat though. No. Um, other things that uh, that happen in the in the off season or in the off season in the bye week, it it felt like that it was that long. It felt like it was a bye week. Yeah. Um, Jake Reinhardt got engaged to his longtime girlfriend, so congratulations. James Wilder lost his passport. Yeah, James Wilder lost his passport and then had to beg his way back into the country. Oh. Uh, so he missed the the uh, first two practices of this week. Um, yeah, safe to he, say he won't he won't be starting this week. No, but he's back at practice, so um, I guess he's practicing. So he's probably coming off the injured list. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, we, we saw SJ green back down in, uh, in Florida and taking in his son's game. Uh, and you know, why not? If you have the chance to do that. And then we had some guys working out at Lamport in the bye week when they re- they didn't have to got to tip our hat to McLeod, Bethel Thompson, law firm, Dakota Prukop, Caleb Ham. Uh, who else was it? Jimmy Ralph and uh, Chandler Worthy putting in the extra work. So, what did you guys do in your in your bye week? Did you partake in in all of the uh, the the football games that were on your TV? I binge glow on Friday. <laughs> so you missed some of the interesting happenings in the yes. CFL or the not happening, but happening and then not actually happening kind of thing. I, I don't know how this works. I miss uh, the weather. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently there was lots of thunderstorms in Montreal or something. And the riders were just giving a win and, you know, well, you know, since, since we're, we're already onto that, we'll, uh, we'll, We'll have to discuss that. The, the CFL, uh, I guess, uh, inst- instituted a new rule in conjunction with the newest uh, collective bargaining agreement that uh, allowed them to call a game if uh, the game had reached the halfway point of the third quarter or for, or further, uh, and it was stopped for longer than 60 minutes due to weather. It's the first game, first time that's ever happened. First time that a CFL game has never been finished in its entirety. You probably thanked that game in Hamilton a few years ago for that. Yeah, and the there fact was, that, there was also a game in Winnipeg as well that lasted what eight hours. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And the, I think there was another game in Win- Winnipeg that did that. And yep. So he, he, some of these these delays were going on and. Player safety, I can completely understand it, but at the same time, as fans, and I'm sure the players, maybe the maybe the riders were happy about it, but I'm not sure how many of the Alouettes were too happy about it, even though they, they t- voted to do it. Exactly. So, 
I don't know. Are, are you a fan of this this new rule? It's kind of the same. Baseball sort of does a variation of it, doesn't it? Baseball's always been like I think a game if it's a raining and five five innings they call the game official. Yeah, I, I believe I believe you're. I I didn't think it was. I thought it was further than five innings, but uh, I've been out of the baseball realm for a long, long time, so I could be wrong on that. Doug, are you a fan of this rule? Well, first I just have to mention Munch. I I think uh, I think I'm going to use a term that hasn't really been used since what november 1996 i think 97 97 thank you yeah this is this is a montreal screw job right here uh, straight up um i i i am a fan of it with regards to player safety i'm a fan of it with regards to fan safety i'm not a fan of it when it's when the deciding window is only 60 minutes I mean, I understand. I mean, I understand players cool down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But sixty minutes in the in the third quarter, when it's a close game like that, I mean, come on, really? Let them finish. Yeah. I know, I know there was a lot of there was a lot of fans there who 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 were who were bitching about it, and some fans were actually experiencing their first CFL game and it, and because it got canceled due to lightning, it really, really soured them. I heard that there was no reasonable prospect that the game was going to restart because there was lightning. Must've been one of those like heat lightning days or whatever. Yeah. And, and I, I understand it from the player safety standpoint, you know, you're wearing, you know, there are a lot of it's now plastic, but there are still a lot of metal in the in all that equipment that you're wearing. The cage, the, for example. The, the the uprights are metal. Uh, there's a lot of metal Stand. stands. Yeah, a lot of the stands are metal. Like there's a lot of things that you know can conduct electricity, and when hit with lightning, it's probably not good for most people. Um, but. I, I I kind of agree with you, Doug. That one hour is probably not long enough. But then you're probably going to have the the uh, the the trainers and kinesiologists and stuff out there talking about all the lactic acid buildup and this and that, and you can only do so much to stay, you know, to stay loose and and stuff like that before you're before you start to put players in danger. I don't know all that. I'm not a scientist. So I'm just going to say I don't think an hour is long enough. Um, I hope that they amend that rule. And like I'd like to see it pushed to you know 90 minutes, even though I don't think that would have changed the outcome in this game at all. Yeah, considering I was looking at some lightning maps and uh, so like basically for the times that, that the game was going on and there was still significant lightning in the in. The, the quote unquote in the area, which could be, which is pretty much the entire island of Montreal plus Laval and the Longue sites. And I think it was a 25 kilometer radius that they, that they set down in their rules. Yeah. And that, and that's pretty much standard for 
all sports, I believe. For I know what I know, yep. I know. In our discussions, it's pretty much set. That's pretty much the standard for for golf. I know that. So, I mean, I didn't know that. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, golf's another one of those things. You're swinging pieces of metal. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you kind of really don't want to be out in a lightning storm in that. You ever see Caddyshack? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's okay. We can keep going a little bit. You might have the best game of your life, but that may be the last game of your life, too. Um, <laughs> so, with that, I think we're pretty much all in agreement. Like we understand where the rule came from. We just don't think it's uh, it, it's long enough to allow them. But I think we'd have to get an expert on here in kinesiology or something to uh, explain to us exactly what the the max time you should wait for something like that is because i'm pretty sure the argos didn't or the the um the riders probably didn't have as many things available to them to keep their body loose as the alouettes did and if it was you know the the fortunes were reversed and the owls walked away with the win um i think there'd be a lot of people you know claiming that uh that the riders, you know, got screwed there too, but also would keep with that Montreal screw job theme. Yeah, well, well, not only that, the voices would be a lot louder. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah, the voices in green tend to uh, be amplified. Because God forbid we piss off the Crown Corporation that is known as the South, that is known as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, I'm not sure it's 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 pissing off the Rough Riders. It's pissing off the. Uh, the individuals that uh, have a minority share in the Rough Riders. Which yes. is pretty much the entire <laughs> fucking province. <laughs> Including the provincial government, I'm sure. What about Clay Chisholm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I am an owner. I, I have one share. I am a minority shareholder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a one, one millionth owner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, very much in the same uh, vein as a lot of Green Bay Packers fans that way. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I, I think um, we've kind of talked about the bye week long enough. Um, we got to look ahead to the game that is coming up on Friday. We're playing the Edmonton Eskimos and yeah. uh it seems like we've just talked to him very recently. In fact, it was just a couple of weeks ago that we talked to Andrew Hoskins uh, from the Eskimo Empire. So let's bring him back on and see if there's anything new in Eskimo land. Hoskins. Nice to talk to you guys again after such a short span. Yep. <laughs> so, Andrew, welcome back to the Argos Fancast. Um, you know, the, like we said, it's it's hasn't been that long since we last talked to you. Um, in fact, it was you know the the last week of July, and now we're in the just the middle of August. So, just a couple of weeks ago, we talked to you. Um, what's what's new in Edmonton Eskimos land? Uh, well, I mean, we we've done a few things. Uh, obviously, with some 
trades and and uh, trying to move some things around with the team. But uh, yeah, being that it has been, I, I think it's what a total of three weeks because I think there's only been a couple other games in between. So um, uh, really, not not too much different than uh, than before, which is kind of nice. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, the one thing that, you know, we can start to kind of look at is uh, some of the NFL cuts. And I know you guys, uh, you know, you know, there was the holding out hope that uh, you would get uh, a chance at outside chance of Duke, Duke Williams back and uh, Bryant Mitchell. I know Bryant Mitchell's not going to happen since he tore his ACL, but uh, anything new on the the Duke Williams? Because as far as what we can see on this side of the country, since we're right close to Buffalo is he seems to be on the outside looking in. Yeah, that's the reports that I'm getting as well is that he is uh, kind of on the outside at, uh, at Buffalo Bills camp right now. I, I, I don't know if, um, if there may be some other opportunities for him though, um, to go around uh, and, and look at other opportunities in the NFL. And my assumption is, is that he would look for that first um, being that he would likely command uh, quite a dollar, I, I'm not sure that uh, the Eskimos actually have cap space left if he became available. Um, whereas you you look at a guy uh, like Bryant Mitchell, who had been up here on the practice roster for a bit, if, if he had come available, maybe we could make that kind of middle range. Uh, but I think Duke might be commanding a bit more. So it'd be interesting to see where that ends up with him. But my guess right now is that he would be looking at other NFL teams before coming back to the CFL. Duke's a guy you might you might want back because I guess, you know, as good as the Eskimos defense has been this season, it's been very good. The offense has struggled to, I guess, put the ball in the end zone a little bit the last few weeks, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're hit the nail right on the head there. It's uh, the Eskimos don't seem to have a problem moving the ball in between the 20s and they're just having a hard time with finish. And, uh, you know, they're they're doing enough as they as they won, uh, obviously, the last game. Um, uh, but and but not enough the game before where they lost to Calgary. So um, it just seems that uh, they're not really having. And it's funny because those first couple of weeks, there was tons of finish and we were, you know, seeing you know, 25 plus points. Uh, but the last few weeks as not only as our defense got better, but all the teams in the league, the defenses have gotten better as they start to, you know, learn what the offenses are doing. And uh, yeah, not, not quite the same finish. Now, unfortunately I would say with the Eskimos, especially in this last game uh, against uh, Ottawa, uh, they were part part of their own worst enemy, and I, I don't want to take anything away from Ottawa's defense, but uh, you know when you run third and one from the gun twice in a game, like oh my goodness, you don't deserve to get those first downs or get anywhere close to the end zone. So um, hopefully they've taken that play out of the playbooks, which I, I think uh, I think we we had a little moment of silence when we were recording last night to just take the rec laws off of all of our listening devices just to make sure that that was we're taking all of that juju out of there well i was gonna say that i mean there wasn't even thursday night it was friday night there is no third and one from the gun on friday night well you would think yeah there, there should be no third and one from the gun ever <laughs> that's uh why would you back five yards away when you're only you need one I, I i don't understand that um i and i get there you know sometimes if second and one Okay, yeah, sure. You're playing. You're doing it as a free play, and you kind of want to see how it goes. Yeah, I, I can totally get behind that. But 
But third and one, and oh, no, no, stand up there, get behind those big boys and lean in, um, which unfortunately didn't work as well on uh, on Friday either, as we saw the, you know, two other turnovers on third down. So um, it's it's funny, you know, you, you see Trevor Harris putting up, you know, 440 yards or 380 yards or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, only 16 points that they've got to get some finish on there. And it's mind boggling how a team, how you can do that in football, throw over 380 yards and uh, have less than 16 points. Uh, this was sort of, this is sort of something I think with Trevor Harris that Red Black fans knew about for the last few years. It seems like whenever he gets inside that red zone, I'm not going to call it a score zone like somebody on the TV does, but <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, they're just not getting it in the end zone. Who the hell calls it a score zone? Uh, Rod Black. <laughs> That'd be Rod Black. Yeah. Oh, okay. Drink. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Salud. We're inside the score zone. Yeah, yeah. I and uh, the other part of it is though is that it it just seems like when they do score inside the red zone, it gets taken away by a penalty. Like that's been their, that they've done that the last three games where they've had uh, a perfectly good play that would be a, a touchdown and it's taken off the board by a, a holding or an offensive pass interference or, or something silly like that. So um, yeah, if they, if they could just find that execution inside the twenties, my goodness, uh, that they could uh, do a whole lot better than what they are right now. So besides uh, executing inside the 20s, um, it, what do the Eskimos have to do, you know, now that there's a, there's a lot of game film on them and, and exactly how to how to uh, play them? What do they have to do to play this you know, suddenly maybe surging Toronto Argonauts team? Yeah, no, <laughs> I would agree with you. They are surging for sure. They they beat uh, what most consider to be the best team in the league uh, in an amazing comeback fashion. And now they've had a bye week to uh, to rest after that. So the Eskimos are not coming into an easy game here at all. Um, I think the, the biggest thing is that you're right. There is definitely tape out there. Um, th- it's time to shake it up a little bit with uh, going to receivers in different spots. I know in this last game against Ottawa, there was definitely a lot of uh, Trevor Harris taking what was given to him. So they were throwing it into that seven yard range. Um, and uh, I, I'd hope that they'd find a way to, to shift that up a little bit so that you're getting more into that. Uh, you see a couple more of those. 10 15 yarders over the middle like we were seeing in the first couple of games because uh, that was obviously a huge difference uh, when you're you're able to move the ball a little bit better um, I think the other big thing is and and this is no easy task because the Argos defense has definitely stepped it up in the last two games I, I think even when we talked last time I said that the Argos defense is really starting to figure things out as far as a, a group together there um, and we need to find a way to get that balance um, and find a way to get it into CJ Gable's hands, let him uh, do some of his magic. And uh, hopefully that balance then will open up those guys a little bit more down the field. You've mentioned that Argo's defense uh, is a little bit concerning to you. Is there, is there anybody on the offensive side of the ball that you saw, saw work last time or maybe coming back that, that might uh, pose some problems for the Eskimos defense? 
Well, there's two names that I'll put out there. I, I mean, one, obviously, I'm very familiar with that uh, I never wanted him to be on any other team. And, and now I'm starting to see him having some success with, uh, uh, do you call him Law Firm? Is that what it is? Yes. Uh, that's right. Yes. Um, I love the sound effect every time you say that, by the way. It's <laughs> outstanding. Makes me laugh every time. Uh, but I really do. Uh, I mean, Darrell Walker, y- you cannot... Uh, sleep on that guy and uh, he uh, he's gonna it'll be interesting this week because now he'll be going back up against Anthony Orange um, to see how that plays out Um, I I think he definitely would put a little bit of worry in my mind Uh, the other one and this is a little bit off the board um, but the last game when they played here uh, Jimmy Ralph was getting open a lot and actually should have had a touchdown um, totally uh, beat Money Hunter down the field and uh, just kind of went through his hands. Um, so I, I think that there's a couple of guys, like he just seems to be shifty and people kind of forget about him. And next thing you know, he's uh, he's sitting wide open. So if uh, Bethel Thompson starts to find his way there, uh, you never know what might turn out there. Plus, he's a good Alberta kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's uh, from that uh, that Ralph ranch out there. He is. <laughs> well, they they seem to produce player after player after player. That's right. <laughs> the, the Ralph Ranch. It's like the, uh, the other one's name. <laughs> well, Rock, Jimmy, what's the other one's name? Uh, uh, oh my goodness, I can't remember it either. Well, that's... I obviously I obviously know Brock and Jimmy just because they've the more recent Brock ones for Jimmy. me. But yeah, Brad, I know there Brad is another. Ralph. Oh, there you go. Nice. There you yes. go. Well, Raymond oh. Alberta. Yeah. Yes. Like, where's Superfan when I need him? He knows all the names. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why we have Will. That that's you know he knows those things that uh, that we're gonna forget. That's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always good to have one of those. Yes. Absolutely. Now, you know, kind of rounding things out. You know, last week we asked some, uh, or not last week, a couple. A few weeks ago, we asked you some predictions. I want to know what what you, your prediction of the outcome of this game is going to be. All right. Well, I think obviously, I mean, uh, I am who I am. I'm going to pick the Eskimos to win. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's like the last game, though. Um, I think this is a much closer affair. I'm I'm going to say that the Eskimos uh, pull out the win by four points. I. Um, I- Maybe maybe yes, Doug won't be so upset with me. If you if you were if you were gonna say, can I speak? Well, thank you. If you were gonna say shut out again, I, if I ever see you, I'm gonna throw a shoe at you. <laughs> I knew the two touchdowns didn't go over very well last time, so I'm going with about four points this time. Yeah. <laughs> who throws a shoe? Honestly, really, who does that? <laughs> a lot of people, apparently. Yeah. Eskimos will eat too many tiny Tom Donuts before the game, and that'll be their downfall. Well, you know, we have not had a great deal of success coming out there in the uh, with the CNE game. Um, and uh, they've always been tight games. They always seem to be at that night for some reason. It's always uh, some type of nasty windstorm at the same time, as I recall, the last couple of times. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it'll be uh, interesting to see when it's uh, Trevor Harris out there on that night instead of Mike Riley. Yeah, the difference is it's going to be like I know the last couple of CNE games we've had, they've been on a Saturday night, and this time it's on a Friday for some odd reason. It's actually on the opening night, so them 
So who knows? That might be a little different. I have no idea. The fresh smell of cotton candy will get everyone fired up. Oh, I wouldn't. Well, you well, either that or the or the nasty or the really nasty bacon patties or oh. the, or or the coned pizza or the or the cronut burgers or whatever the hell kind of gastronomic nightmare they're gonna come up with this year. <laughs> Did you just say cone pizza? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we had that last year. Wow. Can you send That's, me a picture of that? That sounds interesting. <laughs> that, you know what? The the one thing that I had when I was out in Calgary for the Stampede is they had funnel cake pizza. Ooh, that and sounds interesting. It was actually very good. Messy yeah, as hell, but very good. Messy, I, can, I can imagine. No, no I, I live in Edmonton. Like When we get really wild, it's like we have extra bacon pierogies or something. It's you know, <laughs> There's nothing like cone pizza. Now we're talking here. We're talking pierogi. All right, let's. There we go. <laughs> we have a common thread now. <laughs> all right, now. Um, I'm scoring all the Doug points today. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're winning them back. Um, and finally, as far as uh, fantasy goes, um, on the Eskimos, who should uh, people be looking at to uh, either play as a as a good pick this week or a lock this week? Uh, well, I would probably look to, uh, if you can get him in uh, money-wise, because he doesn't come super cheap, I would definitely start looking at Devaris Daniels. Uh, he's had a couple of games back now. Uh, we saw him have the big reception at the end of the game, uh, well, in, like in the fourth quarter, I guess, that got then taken off by a penalty. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's he's coming into that form that we kind of expected him to. So I, I would think that the ball is going to be going his way Um probably a fair amount uh if you need a deal or somebody that you might want to look at and think well i i, I need somebody to fit in with a, a little less dollars but we'll probably put some points on the board uh it's now time to start picking natea j because he is becoming that check down guy but he ends up turning those into eight nine yards and uh this last game i believe he ended up with about 12 points and if you can get that for you know 3500 bucks that's not a bad deal all right, thank you very much, Andrew. And can you uh, let everybody know where they can find you and uh, and your show? Absolutely, and thanks for having me back on again and that you weren't so annoyed the last time you asked me back. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you can find our show at uh, eskempire.ca. Uh, all the links are there, all of our, uh, or I guess the old shows are there and all of our social handles. Uh, but the main one that we're mostly on is Twitter and that's at eskempirepod. You can find me at freepalicious and my co-host, uh, Superfan Mike at 56 Parkies and Commission. Kayla at Duchess Lombardi. All right. Thank you very much, Andrew. And uh, well, uh, to steal your line, we wish you the best of luck next week. Yes. And I will hope for you all the best on Saturday. <laughs> thank you very much, Andrew. You have a good night. <laughs> you too, guys. All right. And that was Andrew Hoskins from the Eskimo Empire podcast. Uh, Doug, you, you, you're warming up to him now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. As soon as you as soon as you mentioned pierogi, right? That's 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 like the way to my heart, right? So, yeah, pierogi and pivo, you can't beat that. Yeah. Um. So as far as um, what the the Argos have to do to beat these Eskimos, uh, you know, we've seen 
you know, the blueprint to beat them, you you basically, you know, let let them do the intermediates or the the high percentage stuff and and take away everything else. And they seem to, you know, shoot themselves in the foot when they have the ball too much, I guess. That seems to be what's going on. Um, I, th- I think shutting down CJ Gable would be a priority. Because they haven't had they haven't had much luck shutting down the run this year. They need to tighten that up. Yeah, I, I personally I I would love to see CJ Gable held to under 80 yards in this game. Um, you know the way they run him, that's they're they're aiming for about 150 every game. So I I think holding him to 80 yards is probably a victory, and. You know, I as much as, you know, the, the blueprint is out there and, you know, you kind of, you know, make them take the underneath stuff, I would rather see them try the the uh, low percentage passes and and keep Harris to, to under 200 yards. And I really think the only way to really do that is to hold on to the ball. And I think in the last game we saw that they, you know, they can do that. And, and uh, we're not sure if uh, James Wilder is returning to the lineup this week, but he was back at practice. So it's a uh, chance that he's going to be back in the starting lineup. Um, but uh, if he's not, I, I, I am fully comfortable with Brandon Burks being the guy. Going to try scoring points this time. Yeah, that, that would help. I think, we should probably try to score points sooner than midway through the second second quarter. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that totally. <laughs> and you know, not not no gimmies because th- there was too many gimmies that they gave up last week or not th- the last time they played mm. and pretty much all season. Um, Up to that yeah, point, anyway. Yeah. I think they the it's it's some and. You know, to the Argos' credit, it looks like we're going to be pushing at least a sellout ticket-wise goes. Um, hopefully, every one of those fans that has bought a ticket makes it into the game, and uh, yeah, and we'll come back and experience the uh, the atmosphere that we had before the bye week, because that was some of the best atmosphere at BMO Field that I've ever experienced. And, you know, I've been to every, just about every Argo game at BMO field. Yeah, absolutely. And just, and just a reminder, tickets are still available. There's going pretty quick, I think. So by the time this comes out, they, there might not be a hell of a lot left. So get in touch, either go on Ticketmaster or if you don't want to pay their stupid fees, contact the Argos direct and get get your tickets. It's normally twenty bucks to get into the C and E, mind you. So, I mean, if you're getting, I think like if you get like the upper corners of the of the west of the west stand, I think those are around twenty three bucks. So, I'm yeah, I, I'd be shocked if there's any of those left. <laughs> yeah, I'd be shocked too, but you never know, right? Actually, it looks like uh, section two twenty seven still has a few left. Uh, there in that. I believe that twenty three twenty three dollar range, um, but everything else is uh, doesn't look like there's a there's a whole lot left. It's slim pickings. 
Mm-hmm. And and not only that, once you get into the CNE, the Argo game is going to have the the cheapest grub, but the cheapest drinks, and the cheapest booze <laughs> in the entire on the entire X grounds. So Probably, keep that yeah. in mind. Well, yeah, guaranteed. I mean, three dollar three dollar hot dog. Where are you going to find a three dollar hot dog on the X grounds? You're not exactly. You can eat you all you want, and then you can go on the flyer and throw up. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or the uh the polar express there we go i was about to mention the polar express <laughs> what's yeah. the one that the weird space ride you go inside and start spinning gravitron er, yeah. oh god i, I hated I'm, that thing i feel sick just talking about these things i i rode the gravitron once yeah that was not pretty <laughs> You know what? I, I used I used to be able to deal with those things when I was a lot younger, um, but uh, you know, several blows to the head really don't uh, don't help that. It looks like it's from like the 1900s or something. <laughs> what? Yeah, but the, the one at the X looks like it's been there since like 1960 or something. Well, it probably has. The yeah. technology, the technology, I don't think has changed much. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm just looking at the you know, the the updated ticket map, and uh, looks like there's uh, you know a couple couple bits um, on uh, both corners, a few in the middle on the upper deck, and uh, looks like a couple blocks opened up on the uh, on the other side of the field on the uh, the east side, um, and just a f- maybe half a row and a few smatterings of uh, of pairs in the end zone. So it's it's it looks a lot fuller than than I can remember seeing it on uh, on one of these charts before. So hopefully that's accurate. Get out there, buy your ticket, come to the come to the CNE and uh, and stay for the Argo game. And just so anybody's wondering, take the day off Friday, go to the CNE early with your Argo ticket, and then come into the the game afterwards for the and uh, so you can that gets you in from open to close. So that's what I'm doing. All right, now I one thing we do every time we we have a bye week uh, now since this is the second one we've done this year is uh, the Argos FanCast, Ask Me Anything. So this week we, we've got a few few more. We tried to get uh, tried to get answers, even if we couldn't answer them. We'll uh, do our best on everything we have here. Um, basically, the rules were ask us literally anything, and we will try to answer it. Um, so let's kind of jump. Right in here. I know, Doug, you had uh, you said you had a few uh, from Reddit. Yes, uh, sir. So let's start off with those. Okay. So first of all, shout out, shout out to the CFL subreddit and uh, the CFL's uh, subreddit Twitter account. So quick shout out to them. But we'll just start this off with the. Uh, we'll go with because you can actually rate rate posts on here. So we'll just go with this one from a Rough Rider fan. So. Clay, a little connection to you, by the name by the username of Sack26. Uh, how excited are you to have Caleros back? 
And what would he have to do to consider to consider the trade a win for the Argos? I don't know if I'm, you know, super excited that Caleros is back. I'm I'm kind of really excited for the more of the um, off the field stuff that he brings with him that uh, not a lot of people realizes that he does like he is a very much a student of the game and, you know, was a huge help for Cody Fajardo in his, you know, rise to prominence in Saskatchewan um, in helping him prepare for games. So in that respect, I guess I am excited that Kalaros is here. Um, personally, I, I don't want to see him actually play more because i am i am worried for the man's health now that i think he could definitely help the argos if he's 100 percent healthy and ready to go but i'm not sure i'm willing to take the risk that's out there with with his health hmm. i mean anything he adds at this point is a bonus i think realistically plays right I mean it's a matter of you don't want his long term health impacted but again as we talked about last week for what we paid for him anything (laughs) he can add would be a nice bonus yeah yeah I would totally agree with that guys personally like i wasn't really i mean i was kind of like 50 50 about him coming back i mean i would have liked to have had him back about half a dozen concussions ago to be perfectly honest um but i think more of what he's going to bring to the table now is more toward the intangible side like even if he even if he doesn't suit up for a game at all for the rest of the season or even if he suits up as qb3 or even qb4 like way down the depth chart it's going to help it's like his experience his his um uh his presence will elevate our quarterbacks a little bit so in order so the second question is what would you have to do to consider a trade a win for the argos if he makes law firm or james franklin or dakota Krup or dakota prukop or michael o'connor if he makes any one of those guys better than they are now I'd say that I would say automatically that's a, that would be a like a minor win. I think I'd say that's a huge win. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's starting. I mean, I just don't think MBT is going to be consistent enough, where the team won't say that we need we, you know, the, the team will say we need to start Caleros. Yeah, I, I, and I don't deny that I, I agree with that as well. Like, I mean, you're really not bringing him in here with the intention of him being a player coach. You know, the fact that he's a play, he's, he's essentially a player coach is a bonus, but you really did not bring him in for that reason. Um, you brought him in to solidify the, uh, the quarterback position, and if they have a chance to start him and he's cleared, they're going to start him. 
whether we agree with that or not, it's, you know, beyond, beyond us. I think if the Argos had not won the game against Winnipeg, Zach, we would be talking about Zach Calero starting on Friday. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. All right. What else we got, Doug? All right. From a Tiger Cats fan, we won't hold that against them. Uh, username Chicken and Waffles X Hot. I don't know where people come up with these names. Anyway. I'm hungry. <laughs> Look, and Waffles is good, man. I know it is. It's great. Okay. So his question is, looking at the rest of your schedule, how many wins do you, do you realistically think the Argos will finish with? So the rest of our schedule, we obviously have Edmonton this week. Then we have Montreal at the neutral site, Labor Day, uh, at Ottawa, bye week, versus Calgary, versus versus Saskatchewan, at BC, versus Ottawa, at at Montreal, versus Ottawa again, and then at Hamilton. Twelve and six. <laughs> he said realistically, Will. Realistic, realistically, I think we can we can end the the season at nine and nine. It really, I think I, you know I I'm just kind of as much as I want to say you know we're going to beat Hamilton twice, um you know I'm I'm just going to say okay for argument's sake, somehow they get lucky and and uh, you know beat us once. Ottawa's very beatable. Calgary is going to be tough because Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be back. Saskatchewan has been playing really well. BC, I think Mike Riley just got sacked again uh, five five minutes ago. Ottawa again. Montreal, we should be able to beat them. Um, and there's twice against Montreal. We could probably beat, uh, you know, Edmonton's a, a toss-up. And then you got Ottawa on the 26th and then... Hamilton lost. Like I think we have a legitimate shot at winning eight of the remaining games. I, I, you know, I would agree. I would agree with either seven or eight. I would say because I don't think we're winning Labor Day. To be perfectly honest. Ah, why not? <laughs> See, I would love to be that confident. But when you win, when when your record on Labor Day is twenty, when it's a twenty percent winning percentage, you're kind of not confident about that. But I mean, to be quite honest, we are due, so I'm hoping that we that we will pull one out. But yeah, like auto like Ottawa is a very beatable team, and we've got them what three times in in the fall. Yeah. So, so that's three wins right there. We've got Montreal twice, and those are going to be those could potentially be two wins right there. So that evens our record automatically, right? And then you have. Calgary, which is going to be a tough one. Saskatchewan is going to be a tough one. So those are going to be two all losses, six and eight. And then uh, when we go out to BC, that'll be a win because more than likely, yeah, Mike Riley will get Mike Riley will get sacked by the plane when we once we land. I think he um, was just sacked again. Uh, th- uh, there we go. Yeah, I think you're right. He got sacked again. Uh, so that'll be what seven wins, and then maybe if we can pull off, maybe we can pull off an upset against one of the other. Against one of the other three teams we got left, yeah, I'd say like eight wins would be would be realistic. All right, what else do we have? Uh, okay, this one's from a league fan, so he doesn't have a specific team, 
But BE20 Driver asks two questions. First one, is the current coaching staff capable of bringing back a winning football team? And part two, it's going to break one of our rules, but where's destroying? Um, well, first, um, it, 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 I don't know about our special teams coach. I, I'm still out to lunch. Um, he's still but, out to lunch more like, but at the same time, when you look at the, a lot of the special teams coverage throughout the league, it, it hasn't been great. So, you know, and I mean, Chris Rainey can can break a return at any given time. Uh, defense, we've seen the, the coaching staff pick it up huge and get these guys ready for the game. Mm-hmm. Offensively, still needs a little bit of work. Still needs a little bit of work. Uh, you know, if, if if the defense can start doing, uh, you know, what Saskatchewan did to beat Montreal and score twice on defense, you know, a couple times. I think I think it, it's possible. Are the are these guys a championship coaching staff? I don't think so. But can Playoffs? they? Probably. I I I would say hard maybe. Yeah, we have. To. On that one, I'm not sold yet. I mean, we have to temper ourselves. We're still the Argos <laughs> are still a one in sixteen. And. I guess second question as to where our kicker is, I Who don't cares? really care. <laughs> I, he's he's still not with the team. Yeah, I we thought don't. we we thought he was coming back, and apparently he's. I don't know if if you look at his last last post, he's uh, touring high schools across the the U.S. on uh, Friday night. So, see, what if he comes back? fine if he doesn't come back fine i don't think they have any any uh desire to use him and i really don't think he has any desire to actually play uh for the argos at all so so you're so now you're also taking after my theory yeah as well where he doesn't where he doesn't want to play because then he loses because as soon as he plays and if he shits the bed he loses youtube period He'll lose yeah. everything off of YouTube because people once people are exposed, that's it. It's over. Game over. Yeah. Sad thing is, I think he does have enough talent. He's just, you know, once again, one of these guys. He's too full of himself. Mm. Yep. It's 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 what we call the it's what we call the the American syndrome. Yes. <laughs> you think you're gonna come up here and light the league on fire? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not very many players have done that. No. Anyway, so so that's that. So the last question is from one of the more prominent uh, Tiger Cat fans on Reddit by the name of Shaggin Turtles, and I'm not going to hold that against them. And this is the tip. This is the typical question that we tend to, that I tend to get sometimes. What would you guys do to try and make the Argos popular again in the city? Now, short term. I would defer to the Mike Hogan answer, and I think you guys would defer to the Mike Hogan answer as well. If we knew the the definitive answer to that, we would own the team. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. But, if you ask, but I think 
if you ask me, getting a winning product on the field would go a long ways. In Toronto, it definitely would. A, a consistent winning product. I'm talking, and I'm not saying like squeak out a nine and nine or a ten and eight season. I'm talking like twelve oh, and six, twelve and six, thirteen and twelve and six, and upwards. Consistently. Consistently over say, what, five years? Yeah. Be more. Yeah. Yeah. It, the the one thing that you know I can I can draw comparisons to in this is is if you look at the ticket availability when the Raptors were bottom half middle of the road team you could find deals on wag jag groupon for their tickets and I took advantage of that when TFC was in that same same boat you could find those deals on the on the deal sites um, you know Leafs completely different story we don't talk about them. Um, they're the anomaly here. They, they're the anomaly in, in any market. So, you know, the the Argos, same thing. You know, get a winning product on the field. It will start to create that buzz. Um, the one thing, though, that, that uh, you know, Doug and I, you, you and I talked about um, a after the show one one week was uh, you know what what we need to do to rebuild this brand and you know i mentioned that i think there are a lot of little things that the mlse staff is doing uh to try and you know throw as many things out there to see what sticks and what works so that they can you know expand on those things you know we saw all kinds of their 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 ticket staff and various employees saying, "Hey, use this code and get you know get tickets for this much." Um, and you know there, there's lots of little things they're doing that you know we're not necessarily seeing a hundred percent everywhere that uh, that they're trying to they're trying to do to see what sticks. And I think this is you know it's you know really the start of trying to figure out what they can do to get a proper foothold in this market again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, this is going to take time. This is going to, this is something that's going to take time. Cause you can't just wipe away. What? 15, 20 years of neglect with 30, 30 years of neglect with a magic wand. So strap in, it's it's gonna take a while. Yeah. That's that's the long and short of it. All right, now um I think we can kind of move to some of the Twitter questions and, and Will you got a few through uh was it through Argofans.com? I got one uh on Argofans. Okay. Some guy named Mike Hogan. Never heard of him. Never heard of him asks bit of a self-serving question haha who has the best damn social media and communications team in the cfl asking for several friends hmm. Hmm. um you know what 
I, I think if we if we don't say the Argos, then uh, he may not come back on our show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a loaded question. We're gonna you know, say Argos no matter what. <laughs> you know what though? At, at, yep. Adam, who is the guy who's behind uh, a lot of the Argos social media. Yep. Uh, he does. He he's been doing a pretty good job. Five star job. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's having fun with it and that's what they didn't do the last couple years. Um, and this year he's starting to have more fun. And I think, you know, the more fun he can have, the more fun, uh, the more fun the Argos social media team will be. I don't think there's a lot of teams outside of, uh, there that are really doing a whole lot. You see once in a while you see, the Red Blacks come back, come back up, but uh, you know, and then the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at times. With smart ass comments. Yeah, but uh, you know, other than that, there's, you know, they haven't been that, uh, you know, having that much fun that the Argos have been having. Like, the, you know, we're we're looking at a really a three horse race right now. If you're looking at following, I'm sorry, that's the, probably not the right metrics to 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 see who has the best. Right, and you know, Mike Hogan interacts with people on Twitter very often. He posts on article fans, and you know, reads it to uh, you know try and get the pulse of the fans, and you know, tells us a little bit about what the team's doing. So the interaction is definitely out there. And, you know, like a tip of the hat to Adam, who's behind the Argo social media and uh, and Chris, who's their uh, their uh, player personnel group or the player appearance quarter. I'm not sure what the title is, but, uh, you know, he's he's there and helping out with the social media as well. So, you know, they've they've got a good team and they've got a, a good photographer as well, whose name I cannot remember. So I think the Argos and, you know. Biases aside, I think they're bringing it back to where they used to be when we had the likes of Max and uh, and Gareth run in the the social media when we were winning awards. Absolutely. However, I would like to give an honorable mention to BC. They've been knocking it out of the park this year too. With some with with some of their content, they they've been really they've really really have stepped up their game as well. So the big, yeah. so, so the big markets are coming up with the, with the, with the really, really good digital game. All right. Uh, going to, uh, to Twitter. Um, we had a, had a few questions there. Um, just going through this and, uh, one of the first ones that uh, that we saw was uh, why are the team's benches in the east on the same side and the opposite side in the west? That's coming from Ed, and his handle is at uh, Alpha Dog To. Um, that is actually a really good question. I have no idea. I I really think it has everything to do with the amount of space that is allotted to the fields. Um, you know, Tim Horton's field was designed in such a way that you would have 
it, it was designed in such a way that could be you're extremely intimate. BMO Field was designed as a as a soccer stadium first, so we're making do with what's available to us there. Um, Otto, I have no idea why they did that. Well, and, they had to. Re- well, they had to rebuild the South Stand from yeah, the ground up. Good, good point. So they built it closer. Yeah. And, you know, for the same reason, they're trying to create that intimate atmosphere. You know, we don't have the big, big stadiums that uh, that you know. I mean, even Saskatchewan Stadium isn't that big anymore. Um, but they they've made sure that they they added that they split that. But you know, Edmonton's a massive, massive stadium. Um, Winnipeg is you know still on the bigger side for a a CFL stadium, and BC it's the same stadium they had before. They just you know put some new seats, some new stuff in there, and uh, made it look all pretty. So it's got that got that room to host all the, those big other events that we have, and you know the stadiums out here just size they're they're not as big square footage that's square that's footage. what it comes that's what it comes down to square footage folks uh david z at argo nuts asks what is everyone's favorite past and present argonaut Ooh, <laughs> i'd like to hear will's response on this one yeah i think we, we, should, <laughs> we should defer to will since he's probably the one who will remember more Argonauts than uh, than any of us. My favorite Argonaut in the past, Byron Parker. Great caller. Exciting. You know, every time the ball was thrown in his direction, you just never knew if he was going to return it for a pick six. Or, or knock the guy into next week. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I didn't expect that answer. <laughs> I didn't expect I was expecting like Rodney Harding or Condridge Holloway or someone obscure from like 1973 yeah I was expecting to go deeper than uh, than you know than uh, the Byron Parker era but you know hey that's the, who's your current favorite Argo then Will current favorite Argo SJ I guess uh for me, I mean, my Argo lineage doesn't go back as far as either of you. Um, I, my my favorite Argo probably to watch of all time was probably uh, uh, Chris Van Zyl. Um, you know, I know my kids have their, their favorites, but Chris Van Zyl is probably one of my favorites. Um, and more for uh, the uh, the person he was. And the uh, the influence he had over everybody out there on the field. Currently, um, and I've I've said this uh, publicly, um, I want to grow up to be Micah Awe when I when I get older, um, <laughs> and uh, and to to uh, a lesser extent, but not uh, not any. Man, well, to a little bit of lesser extent, uh, Declan Cross, but uh, you know he's still technically injured, so I guess he's you know, yeah. But yeah, Declan Cross and uh, that and God damn, I gotta put Darby in there too. Juice Man Darby. Yes, Doug, you've had some time to think now. Yes, and 
the list is growing longer. <laughs> but I well, whoops. Um, if I were to, I can't narrow it down to one. I have two. I have uh, two from the past. Right. I got the one that got me into becoming an Argo fan, and that's Rocket Ishmael. And mm-hmm. the other one is the one whom I enjoyed the most watching when I was in my youth, and that would have been that would be Doug Flutie. All right, both solid choices. Who is uh, your favorite current Argo? On like on the whole team in particular, Bear Woods. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. But All right. If, now, if we were to pick someone on the active roster, if we were to pick someone on the active roster, I would say Micah Awe. All right. Uh, next one from. Um, uh, uh, Charisse, uh, I hope I got that name right. Um, at L Bus Driver Lady, uh, she asks, as a mom of an O lineman, uh, a left guard, do you guys carb load ahead of practice and games, and what do you carb load with? Uh, hashtag hashtag Big Sixty Three hashtag Frat Man. Um, I reached out to a few players because it's been a long time since I've thrown on the pads um and i'm not sure if carbo loading is still a thing um but uh yeah reached out on unfortunately they uh weren't able to get back to me in time for the show um so we'll continue to try and get an answer for this uh i even did a little bit of research and and i'm trying to find and i have not found a concrete answer on whether carbo loading is still a thing or not but pregame, um, I eat whatever is put in front of me at the tailgate. <laughs> burger, hot dogs, something like this. On and uh, well, on Friday my pregame meal will probably consist of a bunch of uh, powdery donuts, followed by some other weird deep fried concoction. So you are going to be carboloading ahead of the game. Yes. This is going to be a lot of carbs and all that breading. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Sharice, if, if we get an answer from one of the players, we will uh, make sure that uh, we we tweet it back to you um, as well. But, yeah, that you know, will Carbo load still be before games? Um, I'm trying to watch my figure, so I'm trying to avoid as many carbs as possible. Doug, are you Carbo loading before the games? Um... Not not intentionally, uh, especially now with especially now with the Grey Cup fit up being around the corner, I seriously have to try and lose weight. So there's going to be so I'm going to be eat, trying to be eating a lot healthier. Trying to try and I got to get back to the get back to the DDPY a bit more and uh, and uh, here's hoping that I can get myself down a little bit because I made a little wager with myself on that yeah. basically. Basically, if I don't reach my goal, I gotta go and get a piece of Tie Cats gear. Whoa. Okay, we need to do whatever we can to help Doug reach his goal. That can't happen. That's right. So, so you guys better keep me on the level here. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on. <laughs> from uh, we've got two questions from uh, from our friend Nick at uh, Leaf 
Leafs rules. Do we really have um, to go here? Do we really have to go here? He wants to sure. get a he wants to get a microphone for uh, Jamie in the end zone. Uh, so um, first of all, it's a megaphone, not a mic so, because a microphone ain't gonna help. So the answer is no. Um, Adam is not willing to give up the 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 microphone that's available. So uh, yeah, he can't he cannot he can bring a microphone if he wants, but he's not getting one one attached to the stadium. No. Uh, <laughs> his second question is. Why in the blue hell are we trading Sean Lemon again? We already answered that. Nick, listen to the show again. And you jinxed it. That's why. (laughs) There we go. Because you jinxed it. And it looks like the last one that we have, I believe, is from third and roll. At third and roll. Um, What have differences been doing what have defenses been doing differently to Wilder since late 2017 that seem to have snuffed out those long runs from the 2017 regular season? Uh, in brackets, 60-yard, uh, 80-yard, etc. I don't think it's what the defenses have been doing. I think it might be what he might be doing himself. But... Other than other than them having a lot of tape on what he on the nuances that he does, I'm pretty sure they have like, okay, they're pretty sure they have like keys as to what he's going to end up doing. But otherwise, go ahead, Will. Also, keep in mind uh, with Ricky Ray gone, teams don't have to respect the passing game as much anymore. And I'd also say, I mean, the play on the offensive line has not been very good either. Well, okay, you've got Ricky Ray gone one. Um, Playing the offensive line hasn't been great. So, and then to add to that, our offense has not been on the field very long, which means we're getting down more points, which means you have a tendency to go towards the pass more. Um, The other thing I'm going to put out there is the teams have more game tape on, on James Wilder now. You know, it's... It's now on the team and James to figure out how to get him back to that point because teams know how to defend that. They're making sure that whenever they play Wilder, that you're not cheating out of your zones at all when you're when you're going towards the ball. You're you're taking the better angles. You know his speed. You know there's. All that stuff that defenses learn about somebody by watching game tape and figuring this out that they have now. And I don't know, I don't believe that there's been enough adjustment made on the Argo side of the ball to get him to do, get him to those big big runs. And you know, I'd be I'd be happy for him to break off a you know two or three ten to ten to twelve yarders a game. That would make me really happy. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think that was all of the uh, the questions we had. Well, I, got, I got a couple more. Oh, here. yeah, Sorry. we do have a couple more here. You're right. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, Tony Bryce, who is at American CFL Fan, asks, what's the latest on James Wilder Jr.? I think we just said that. The yep. dumbass lost his passport, so he's had to do some unsavory things to get back in the country, so he's back in the country now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. I w- I would have loved to be the be there at the border in Buffalo and 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 just seeing what because from the sounds of it he was you know very you know wishingly pleading his case. <laughs> um, so I would I kind of want to see what that that entailed. Why am I? Th- oh man, why am I? Th- oh, why did why did my mind have to go there? Anyway. Oh, it's just bad thought, bad thought. Very bad thought. So, if you want to know what that bad thought is, tweet at uh, <laughs> at Doug B519. Uh, oh, no, it's a bit more than R. Uh, no, not that far. Uh, okay, and another one here is from Argonauts History at Bygone Boatman. Who to this point in the season have been the top? Who've been the Argos' top three Canadians? Three. Ooh. I I can think of two, but I can't think of a third. Cleon Lang. That's number one. Yeah. Um. Ryan Bombin. Yeah, debatable. I, that's debatable. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I was gonna. I was gonna say Jimmy Ralph. Yeah, I was I was kind of you know thinking of whether or not I should throw him in there. Um, he he's basically been if if he's called upon, he's 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 shown up. So yeah, I think that's uh, you know other than that, like you know the Canadians have been kind of you know in and out and in and out and in and out. So you haven't really had you know too many guys that have uh, been doing the. You, been in the same position all season so mm-hmm. um yeah do do have another one here uh at cfl america so cfl america films radio and tv network um as a long-suffering arizona cardinals fan i feel for the toronto argos fan base why uh, we win championships <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just, from the vikings fan who freaking <laughs> blew it right and despite my snarky comments this season, I have made them my number one team. What are some of your ideas to bring new fans into the double blue fold? Well, first of all, I want to give them a thumbs up for making them the, making the Argos the number one team. Um, I think I've already touched on this a little bit. Get getting a winning product on getting a consistent winning product on the field would help immensely. Um, mm-hmm. and I think they're already sort of doing that with their, with the community outreach stuff, really. Yeah. And, you know, they, they do a lot of things like they're, they're one of the most, it, they don't like to take a lot of credit for all the community stuff they do, but they do a ton of work in the community and most of it goes unnoticed except to the people they're reaching out to i i you know the the what what i can do um you know i i you know i've got uh you know people who i work with who uh you know have never seen seen a cfl game who you know i've i've invited them out to uh to come to games um so I'm just anybody that I can get that 
might be even the little bit little bit interested in football. I'm, you know, pointing them towards the game and figuring out whatever I can do to help them uh, get out to a game and hopefully they enjoy themselves. So far, haven't had, uh, you know, despite the losing games, haven't had many people that uh, that have uh, said that they're they d- wouldn't come back again. So that's what I'm doing. Now, was there anything else that you guys had? I don't think so. I think that's that, that pretty well does it. Um, that's uh, yeah, that does it for the AMA portion. I do have one tiny little thing that I right. wanted, and and it's kind of a I would it's it's going to be a flag thrown here. Illegal procedure defense. They made the offense move. Five yard penalty. First down repeated. Um, because I received. I received an ad on Facebook for NBA 2K20, and I found out that in their latest, in the latest installment, they are bringing forward the WNBA. So their teams are going to be in NBA 2K20. Now, great for them, great for the great for the WNBA, great for great for their league and great for basketball. But if the WNBA can get into a video game, why in the hell does the CFL not have anything yet? I believe the excuse is uh, the excuse, and I'm using the saying I emphasize what excuse. Always has been something to do with the uh, the field, this, um, with the yeah, hardware that, because of the, the differences in the size of the field and all that. It's always the excuse I've heard used. That, 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 that but I know, but the thing is, I know that excuse is bullshit because I because EA has made a CFL NHL. Well, NHL, right? Yeah. Exactly, NHL, and, and they did make. Yeah, and they and they have made, they did make it, but never released a CFL edition to Madden. They have done it, so really, I'm still like, as a, like, the league stance of saying, oh, uh, uh was it well, football frenzy is enough? No, no it's, it's not. no, it's not because be quite honest, I would love, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other fans out there would take their favorite team and they would love to run it as they see fit in order to win as many championships as possible. Like myself, for example. I would love to run the Argos the way I, the way I see fit, and I'd probably end up winning nine, cha- nine, ten championships in a row. And I know there's going to be Tiger Cat fans that want to do the same thing. I know there's Lions fans that want to do the same thing. There's Alouette. There's fans all over the league that are going to want to do the same thing. So, all I'm saying is, if the WNBA now has exposure in the video game world, there is absolutely zero excuse for the for the CFL to have to still be, quite frankly, in the dark ages. Get it yeah. done. Get it done. You mentioned the NHL um, has uh, the Europeans. Um, 
and they they even had I believe they even had at one point the AHL teams in there. Um, and the the other excuse that I've always heard is well, it, you know, the there are working agreements to be able to sell your product and direct uh, direct connections um, to the those different leagues. Um, and there there isn't that with the CFL and the NFL. And to be to be honest, like the NFL and and well EA Sports and Madden does have CFL content in some of their their games. Their um, the mobile card game, whatever the heck it is. Um, you know they they do have that. They can make the the change. I they, I would be more than fine for the first incarnation of it, it or, or even the second, third, fourth, if they just allowed the teams and the stadiums and the players in there. I, rules aside, I will I will gladly play the NFL rules if we can just take that step. I would buy I would buy Madden if I knew the CFL teams were going to be in it. Because I haven't well, okay, that's not okay. I did buy I think Madden 18, but I haven't but before that, I didn't buy a Madden game for 10 years because I couldn't create my own team and I couldn't bring in the CFL teams. Last last one I had was Madden 08. I I I stretch back to uh a lot further than that. So Joe Montana football for Sega Genesis. Joe Montana's or sports talk football starring Joe Montana. I, I thought you were going to say Tecmo Bowl. Ten yard fight. <laughs> I, I I had Tecmo Bowl and Tecmo Super Bowl. Wasn't Bo Jackson just the greatest? <laughs> Bo Jackson and Barry Sanders mm. and Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete was the one quarterback Rodney Pete Pete was one quarterback in that game who could run better than anybody a close second right yep a close (laughs) second was Jim McMahon uh for the the um the Bears (laughs) neither was the greatest passer in the world no no but it was Tecmo Bowl and you know you could just go back to your own end zone and throw it or you could do what, or you could do what Family Guy did, and just have, and just have Bo run all the, all the way up to just shy of the end zone, run all the way back, and then run all the way into the end zone to end the quarter. <laughs> yep. <sighs> but anyway, all I gotta say is CFL, get it done. We want to play as our favorite players. <laughs> We want to have our team. We want to be able to build a dynasty. You know what? You know, going back to the last question we had about what we can do to get other fans. I think, you know, building a bridge with the NFL to to start take steps and inroads into getting the CFL teams into Madden would probably be a massive, massive step. Oh, ginormous. I think that would be huge, especially 
in markets like Toronto. Oh, but by, by leaps and bounds, yeah. Yeah. Any any sort of market that has uh, an unholy amount of NFL penetration. So, in other words, the big cities. Yeah. Now we we are running long on time. Um, so I think just for the the three minute warning, we're just going to do our our picks and uh, quick fantasy here. Um, we had a three minute warning. It was the entire AMA. <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, <laughs> fantasy wise, I really don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm not sure who I would put in. Um, other than like, I mean, you're you're taking a a guess really as to what the Argos are going to try and do. Um, the only one that I would say might be really worthwhile is, uh, Jimmy Ralph might be worth a, you know, a cheap ad. Hmm. That's about it. That's, that's really the only thing I can see. I don't know if MBT is going to come out and have that, that game. I don't have the, the confidence that, uh, I would be willing to put him in as my quarterback for that. Any fantasy picks for you guys? Well, if he's still in it, I'm still taking Brandon Burks. I'll still take I'll still take him in the because he I I'm just gonna stick with him because I like him. <laughs> um, and if James Wilder's starting, are you putting him in that flex spot or is he too expensive for you now? Uh, I'd have to rebuild the entire team. <laughs> Will but anything provi- provisionally? Brandon Burks. I don't really like any of the matchups this week, to be honest. No. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, Will is not picking a fantasy team, so I let's go. A fantasy team in weeks. <laughs> hey, look, we're trying to, you know, set up the illusion that we know what we're talking about fantasy wise. So you know, let's not ruin that. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Why not? All right. He may be too expensive though. Um, getting to the weekly picks, uh, Thursday night football, we've got one game out in the peg, uh, BC is traveling in to mosquito country to play the blue bombers and holy crap, Mike Riley got sacked again. Um, will, what's your pick? They'll be, uh, they'll be itching. Uh, the lions will be itching a lot of mosquito bites after Thursday. And Mike Riley sacked again. Uh, Doug. Um, yeah, I'm going, oh yeah, bombers all the way. And, oh, wait, yeah, yeah, I just heard, yeah, Mike Riley got sacked again. Yeah. I you know, deal- to, to, to fuck around with the narrative, their offensive line wasn't actually a shit show on Saturday. No, actually they weren't. They weren't. Um, but hey, it's, uh, it, it's fun to, to uh, think that Mike Riley's getting sacked on his way from the plane to the bus. Um, I'm also going Winnipeg. I don't have any confidence that uh, BC has figured it out yet, although they've shown some strides. Don't think they're there yet. Friday night, the main event, the Edmonton Eskimos in town to play the Argonauts. I think this is going to be a statement game by the Argos. And I think they're going to win by 13. Wow. Too many (laughs) donuts eaten by the Edmonton Eskimos will sink them. 
Doug? Well, I'm picking the Argos, but I'm just well, we know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it may be, it may be one of these squeakers again. I'm thinking it might be a squeaker again. All right. Always a squeaker. Well, hey, it doesn't matter if you win by one or by five thousand. Winning's winning. It'd be nice to have a blowout one day. Yeah. Uh, Saturday we've got a doubleheader. The first half of the doubleheader we've got Hamilton into the nation's capital to play the Red Blacks. Um, I don't like this game at all, but I'm gonna take Ottawa with a hope and a prayer. Hmm. Uh, Doug. Oh, I'm taking Ottawa all the way on this one. Will. Yeah, I'll go Ottawa. I'm not so sold on Hamilton on the road yet. And uh, to cap it off, we've got uh, the... Was hot, but uh, got rained out. Montreal Alouettes heading into Calgary uh, to play the Stampeders. Uh, Looks like Nick Arbuckle is probably still going to be a starting quarterback for the Stampeders. I am still picking Calgary. Oh, that felt wrong saying that too, um, but uh, but I don't think it's going to be a a stretch to say it's going to be a close game. Will Calgary, Doug, Calgary, yeah, they are better than Montreal. That does it for this, uh, well, um, bloated edition of the Argos fan cast. Uh, Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter. That's that, that's that's the social media. Okay. Had, to th- had to think about that one, didn't you? I did. <laughs> uh, he's, he, he's too busy uh, dreaming about all the uh, Tiny Tom's donuts he's going to be eating. So on Twitter... I'm at, at Argo fans or at Will G E eighty seven. And uh oh www.argofans.com where you can talk Argos football. And on Friday before the game, probably in line uh at a tiny Tom's donut stand. Doug, where can they find you? Um First of all, want to give once again another shout out to the CFL subreddit, and that's on reddit.com slash r slash CFL. You can find myself at uh, at uh, Doug B519. What the hell was that? That was me trying to move. Anyway, so you can find our group at Facebook on at Facebook on Facebook.com slash double blue order, on Twitter at double blue order, and on Instagram at the double blue order. And you can find me at All Kinds of Clay. I will also be standing in line at a Tiny Tom's Donut stand. Um, I'm not sure if before or after the game, but I will be in the one that is usually just outside the the gates uh, south of the GO train station. So that's where you'll find me on Friday uh, when the Argos are not playing. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast on Twitter and Anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast, just search Argos Fancast. Uh, we want to thank our guests this week from the Eskimo Empire podcast, Andrew Hoskins. Um, and as always, we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Just uh, find them at 
CFPod Network on Twitter and CFPodNetwork.ca to listen to all kinds of great fan-driven content uh, from across the country, down south, and over in Japan. That does it for the bloated edition of the Argos FanCast. We will talk to you next week when we uh, figure out how many Tiny Tom's Donuts Clay and Will consumed. <laughs> <laughs>